With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I hear, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I want to react this way. I don't think so, Jesus. This is not the earth that I live on. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, Lord. It's a survival of the fittest. The early bird gets the worm. The only thing, the meek, that they're going to get is they're going to get left behind. Have you noticed now that we are in the third week of plowing through these eight Beatitudes of Jesus. And if you notice, they're not getting any easier, are they? It's rough stuff. The first one, blessed are the poor in spirit. That talks about desperation. The second Beatitude, blessed, in other words, happy are, Those who mourn. (laughs) That goes from desperation to brokenness. And now here we are. (laughs) This one doesn't make it any easier. Not at all. And I think it's a good thing. And that's why we're, we're taking time to really absorb what our Lord taught his disciples to be about teaching. Now, this church, and I suspect most churches would say the same thing, but this church seeks to be one thing, a community of Christ followers. Ellen's song was so appropriate, this city, building a city. It's a community of Christ followers. And when we say we want to build a community of Christ followers, that, that really means we want to be like Jesus. We, we want to be about what Jesus was about. Not just trying to grit our teeth and to try harder, but we really want to be like Christ from the inside out. We want to think and feel and desire what he thought. And these things, they really don't come easy to us, do they? Think of these first three dynamics in these Beatitudes. Desperation, brokenness, meekness. Now I think we can understand why the Apostle Paul says that those who are Christ followers, they are fools for Christ because that seems foolishness, doesn't it? So what is so great about being meek? And then the second part of that equation, why do the meek 
inherit the earth. Those are the two things we're going to get at this morning. Part of our problem, I think, is due to a really misunderstanding of words and their meanings, and especially the contextualization of those words in an Eastern culture. We hear the word meek, and we automatically think weak, don't we? Meek, you're weak. The stereotype of meekness is a person who has no will of his own. We think of the pathologically passive person who cannot help letting others take advantage of him. Oh, meek people, they're, they're prone. People will take advantage of you. Now, suppose that the, the company you work for, they were hiring a, a new CEO, and they worked with the position description of the attributes they wanted the CEO to offer. And do you think meekness would be on the list? How about the next presidential election? <laughs> Which candidate would garner the vote, most votes for the slogan, vote for me, I'm meek. No, that doesn't happen. We don't want a meek person to be our leader. We want someone who is dynamic and powerful. Jesus talks about this, though, doesn't he? Well, what is biblical meekness? Biblical meekness is, it's not an attitude towards people. We, we got to move it from our interaction at this point when we begin the discussion. It's really about our disposition before God. So I'd like for you to think in terms of meekness as our relationship to a holy God. Namely, it is a disposition of humility towards God, which is to acknowledge our dependence on the goodness and the grace of God. It doesn't mean weak or timid or indecisiveness or easygoing. Outwardly, there's an outwardly dynamic of this and an inward one. And outward like is like gentleness. We hear that word throughout Scripture. It implies a sensitiveness and a kindness in dealing with others. And inwardly, it's like humility in that it involves an honest assessment of ourselves in relation to God and our relationship to other people. Someone has described meekness, I think, very appropriately as a controlled desire to see others' interests advance ahead of one's own. A controlled desire. It's an interesting word in, in, in that, that definition, a controlled desire. Because in the Greek word, it's interesting. The, the, the language for the word meek is also the word that is sometimes used to describe a wild animal that has been tamed. Think of that. That word in the Greek is also for a wild animal that's been tamed. The animal's strength is still there. 
It still has all the dynamics of how that animal is, but there is a control factor there. And you could say that meekness, therefore, is strength that one has, but it is a strength that is under control. And so a meek person is not a weak person. On the contrary, a weak or a meek person knows their strength, but is also able to restrain it or to restrain it in the interest of others. To restrain that strength as you look at others in the interest of others or in the pursuit of a higher purpose. Calm, cool, collected, and sometimes corrected. Yeah. So in the Bible, uses this word meek. It always springs from trust. A person who trusts God to meet their needs doesn't have to strive or scheme or demand that their needs be met. So how might we acquire as a community that seeks to be Christ followers who opens the word and, and takes them, them seriously that once they, okay, this, this is what I have before me. I want to make this part of my life. I'm not going to be passive about the faith. I want to be active in it. How do we, do we acquire this kind of meekness that is so contrary to what we get in the world that Jesus is talking about here? How do we get that? You know, we tend to think of meekness as something we show towards others. But it begins with our attitude towards God. The meek person knows that his needs and his future, they're in God's hands. There's an enormous freedom that comes when we realize it's in God's hands. There's things that I don't have to worry or tear about because I have given that to God. It's in God's hands. And when we really believe that and trust that reality to God, we realize that, that we don't need to compete with others to get what we want or think is fair or meekness is really yielding your agenda to God and to others. A friend of mine in college was the um, manager for a motivational speaker, Judge Ziegler. Judge had a brother named Zig. Some of you know Zig Ziegler. He's a trainer. And, and, and my friend was, was telling me about the Zigglers and, 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 and shared this popular quote from Zig Ziegler. And I thought, that, that, that's kind of like meekness here that Jesus is talking about. Ziegler, Zig had this statement and he said, you can get anything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Isn't that cool? I, there, there's that, that, that's kind of like this meekness. It, and, and what we want is to please God. And, and doing that, if, we, if our objective is how can I help others, others to... to to get what, what, what they want. And then if their objective is to get what I want, then, then, oh, wow, you build this city of God. It is remarkable. So biblical meekness, so it requires uh, that kind of strength. 
And then we see glimpses of that throughout the biblical record. We go to Proverbs and we see better a patient person than a warrior. A patient person? One with self-control than one who takes a city. A patient person. And then Paul also gives a very interesting snapshot in Ephesians when, when he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Isn't that interesting? Bearing with one another in love. In blunt terms, in street language, (laughs) that verse, what we heard in Proverbs and what Jesus is getting at in the third beatitude, uh, meekness means that you and I, that we put up with each other. (laughs) We put up with each other. It's like the bumper sticker that says, God loves you and I'm trying. There's a lot of truth to that. It means that we will endure one another. I appreciate the Bible's honesty on this matter. Sometimes church folk, or or, I don't know that we give it up, but but those who are are maybe, they're they're not in the walls of the church. They're kind of, ah, they're off doing their own thing. People have this idea that, that life in the church is some kind of utopia. That they think is at a utopia. But we sometimes get the idea that real Christians never get annoyed with one another. Never become frustrated with each other. Never get fed up with each other. But let's be honest. We know that that's not the real church. It's not. I, I remember, in, in, in my, especially my earlier years of ministry, I would, I would get frustrated because people just wouldn't get it. And, oh, I thought they didn't get it. And they were difficult people. And I thought, oh, they're just, they're just out to get me. And I'd complain to Mercedes, and, you know, oh, this person's terrible and, oh, they're destroyed. And she goes, she goes I, I, she, I, 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 I guess, you know, I guess they just don't like me. There will be people who will not like you and... And uh, she was very bright. And she said, well, you don't like them either. (laughs) Yeah. You don't like them either. (laughs) Made me think. I don't like them, but the Bible says I need to love them. Could it be? That there, there's a, there, a distinction can be there. We, there's people that will rub us wrong, that will irritate us. But yet, there's also a side that I take people or who they are, where they are. And I don't have to like them or like it. But this element of love, bearing one another in love, there's something there. I think that's part of this city to be built, the city of God. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do in the church is to put up with one another. Think about that. I said it, I'll say it again. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do in the church is to put up with one another. Okay. It's a good thing, too, because 
Some of us are hard to live with. Let's be honest. There's, you know, not everyone's compatible. And I appreciate the emphasis on mutuality in Paul's command to bear one another. Do you find someone around you that's annoying or hard to deal with? Here's another possible reality. There is a high degree of likelihood that they struggle with the same issue regarding you. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Paul's instruction would hardly be helpful if it weren't for the clarifying phrase that he adds at the end of the verse. And he says that we are to bear with one another in love. What a great statement. And just to kind of, not just look at that from the surface issue, but to chew on that and dwell on that. And if you want a, 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 a spiritual exercise on Sunday, your, the Lord's Day, when, when we, we take it easy, and we rest, we ponder some things, and we, we, we want to look at what are some things that I can consider in my mind and my imagination, think of that. What is bearing with one another in love? And how does that play itself out in my life and the decisions I make. Yes, life in the body of Christ does call for us to put up with each other, but not in a grudging, mean-spirited way. You can see the body language. There are some who display patience, Towards others in a way that can communicate impatience. And that's not what Paul is talking about. And it's not what Jesus means when Jesus talks about meekness. So if I'm going to bear with others in love, according to the Word of God, I need to have their best interest. In my heart, totally changes the math, doesn't it? Totally changes the math. Let's go back to that beatitude. I want to just look at the way it ends, the concluding remarks. Notice what I always like to ask, what does the Bible say and what does it not say? And and this is a good example of, 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 of playing the... Uh, the, the exercise of what does it not say? It does not say we'll inherit the world, but we'll inherit the earth. There's a difference there. He's not referring to things of the world, which would be wealth, fame. Comfort, things the world tells us that you've got to have these things and you've got to have more of it. If you really want to matter, no, he says they will not inherit the world, but the earth. So, so what does the Bible mean when it says you will inherit the earth? What is the earth? The earth tells us, or the Bible tells us, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Isn't that beautiful? What the Bible's talk about the earth is the Lord's 
and the fullness thereof. Not the world, but the earth. What does it include? It includes all the good things that God has made that you can see all around you. All the good gifts that God offers to God's children. Like beauty. Meaning. Love. Significance. And the earth represents the goodness and the fullness of God. In this life. And in the life to come. Then notice that Jesus says they will, I want to underscore that word, inherit. Just ponder that. Too. That's, that's another, it's interesting if you do a word study in the scriptures and see, what does inherit and inheritance mean? Where do you find it used in the scriptures? And how does that impact the meaning of how we read the word? Inherit, it's an interesting word choice. You'll remember that the Beatitudes, they're more about, there's a difference, they're more about being not doing. Sometimes when we read the scripture, what do I have to do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Do, 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 do. And it's, uh, no, it, it's these, especially these early ones, it has something to do about our understanding of, of the human condition and my state of being, my being. What do you have to do if it's about being and not doing? Because you, you've got to be these things. What do you have to do? This is part of the challenge if you were all about doing. What do you have to do to inherit something? Nothing. You don't. In fact, the moment you start trying to get an inheritance, uh, something is very wrong. <laughs> very wrong. The only way to inherit something is to be rightly related to the person who has something to give away. Rightly related. Rightly related. So the only way we can inherit the earth is in our relationship to a holy God. It is to surrender to the one who owns it, who has it to give. So, my friends in Christ, let's, um, let's think of that relationship and that inheritance that is ours, that inheritance of the earth. You might want to reflect on how have I been around others, have I made it difficult for them to love me, as, as the scripture says? There's some things I can do that, that would make me a little more lovable and not about what I want. And I can maybe, you know, give some slack. Are there some ways that we look at others that we realize I have, uh, I, there, there's something I need to do about meekness. I have to kind of get myself off the throne of my life. And put God on the throne of my life. Sometimes we think, you know, God's, God's going to fall off the throne and God needs us to prop God up. No, God does not need us to prop God up. Ponder those things as we...
as we seek to be more authentic and to offer ourselves to God in meekness and in holiness. Please stand for prayer. Lord, it's so amazing how your word springs forth life. And we are grateful for these moments we've been able to delve into the scriptures and to consider your words, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We trust that, Lord, because we know that in this very place, in this very room, you are building a city, a community, a life, and a faith. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.